0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber.
1: Hello, everyone. Happy to have you with us again on Retirement Talk. And today, we have part two of a show that we started last week. And we're working our way through a Kiplinger article titled, How 13 Types of Retirement Income get taxed. And uh, a lot of information in the article, and I didn't make it all the way through that article by myself last week, but we'll uh, conclude our review today. Grab a pen, you'll want to take uh, some notes. And uh, before we get uh, into uh, resuming the uh, article review, I want to remind you of the dates for our spring retirement workshops. Those dates are Tuesday, April the 4th. We'll be at the Huntingburg Event Center in Huntingburg, Indiana. Start time for that meeting is 6.30. And uh, after my presentation, uh, we'll have dinner uh, provided by the Schnitzelbach. And then uh, just uh, on Thursday night of that week, April the 6th, we will be at the Schnitzelbach in Jasper. And that meeting starts at 6 p.m. So on the 4th, 6.30 at the Huntingberg Event Center, and then on Thursday, the 6th, at the Schnitzelbach and Jasper at six o'clock. I usually speak for uh, 50, 55 minutes. Then we have uh, dinner, and during dinner, a time of uh, questions and answers, and I'll also stick around after as long as necessary uh, to answer uh, any question you may not want to ask in front of the group. Reservations are required. Seating is limited. So you need to call me at 812-787-0809 to guarantee that we have a a seat for you. I already have some reservations. Uh, These events fill up quickly. Uh, So uh, call me first thing Monday and uh, make sure we still have uh, a place for you. Again, uh, the number for the reservation is 812-787-0809. It's good to have Tony Shore back with us this week. Last week, Tony was out with that uh, scratchy voice thing that's going around everywhere. Tony, uh, it, it's good to hear your voice is uh, almost 100% uh, today. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being alongside again. Yeah,
0: thank you, Mike, for having me on the show. You did a great job last week presenting part one. Uh, you had to kind of fly solo there. Sorry about that. My voice isn't 100%, as our listeners, I'm sure, can notice, but... I feel much better. Had the uh, influenza last week. But, you know, uh, how your retirement may be taxed is a great topic. I'm looking forward to this today. I know you've been busy putting together those spring workshops that you mentioned. Uh, I want to really encourage our listeners to give you a call and reserve a spot. Uh, there's no cost, but you do they do fill up fast. So you want to go there. What was the main topic? Uh, what's, what is going to be the main topic for your April meetings?
1: Well, uh, it comes as no surprise. We keep a focus on you know, the tax issues that are going to impact retirees and we'll talk about some things that we believe are necessary uh, to protect our uh, nest eggs from taxation. We're also going to be uh, spending some time covering uh, the new Secure Act 2.0, uh, those new rules and how they uh, impact retirement accounts. Uh, are new. They're just a few months old. We'll make sure everyone understands those. And then we uh, cover uh, some uh, things on Social Security, uh, some uh, long-term care uh, explanations, uh, and, and make sure that uh, we just you know put some things on radar that we'll ask uh, people to take into consideration. But we'll be focusing a lot on protecting your assets from uh, taxation and uh, making sure that everyone understands the new rules under the SECURE Act 2.0. And how those uh, impact retirement account distributions?
0: Well, Mike, I'm sure you'll have a full house as always. I know it's a popular event in both uh, Huntingtonburg and in Jasper. Now, on to today's topic. Where do you want to pick up the Kiplinger article?
1: Well, uh, let me just uh, do a real quick review of what we hit last week, and then we'll get into some new info. Um, I would encourage our listeners to maybe uh, go back and. and Uh, Find us on uh, our podcast or on our website and and get last week's information. But we talked last week about how taxes apply to 401k, IRA, and other tax-deferred accounts. We emphasized the importance of planning for your RMDs. Uh, We followed that up uh, by looking at provisional income, uh, Social Security taxation. And then we touched on uh, pensions and and capital gains. And uh, we finished up last week's uh, show by talking about annuities and, uh, annuities, uh, they can be a foundation. They can be a cornerstone within, um, a retirement income plan. So understanding how, uh, annuities and the income that they can provide, um, how that's taxed, uh, is really important. And, uh, that's uh, where we concluded, uh, last week's uh, show. So, uh, again, uh, we were talking about 13 different, uh, types of accounts, uh, and how they're taxed. Uh, we, we've got a few more to, uh, get fit into today's show.
0: Well, it sounds great. And I know this is an important issue, uh, issue for you, especially how taxes impact retirement income. And I know that, uh, you have that concern due to the borrowing and spending by our government, especially over the past four or five decades, we're facing, you know, we're now facing some really big issues and tough choices as a country so I think it's imperative that listeners take that into consideration and how their retirement is going to be taxed as you often say Mike it isn't what you make it's what you keep.
1: Oh that's that's so true uh, Tony and I'm looking forward to a, a show that we're going to air here in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, Rand Paul publishes uh, a Festivus uh, report oh, yeah. on on wasteful government spending each year. And we're actually going to uh, work our way through his report uh, in an upcoming uh, episode of uh, Retirement Talk. You know, at the end of the day, uh, if we don't know how much of what we've accumulated uh, is going to be ours to spend because we don't know how much the IRS is going to want in taxes, it's really impossible to have a predictable retirement income, and that's why I'm concerned for a retirees who've accumulated too much money in uh, tax-deferred uh, accounts. Uh, in, in my opinion, I believe that uh, successful retirees of the future, they'll have thought through uh, this very issue, and they'll have done that with a, a qualified advisor who's trained not just in growing assets, but also Uh, trained in the distribution planning side of the work. And that requires that uh, we take into account how future taxation will impact their retirement.
0: Well, it is important, obviously. And uh, you make a great point there. Obviously, this is going to be uh, huge. Uh, This is a big thing. And, you know, we've got a lot of ground to cover. So uh, where do you want to go now?
1: Well, let's pick up with the Kiplinger article. Again, the title is How 13 Types of Retirement Income Get Taxed. Um, And uh, in addition to what we spoke about last week, uh, the article goes on to analyze taxes on municipal bonds. Ah. Uh, There's some potentially good news here uh, because the interest that we earn from municipal bonds is exempt from federal uh, income tax and also interest from bonds issued in your home state is often exempt from state income taxes but you want to be sure that you check your state laws uh, on on this and also keep in mind that uh, capital gains on a municipal bond might be triggered uh, if you uh, choose to sell any or or all of uh, the actual bond. so uh, you have to distinguish between the interest from the municipal bond And then uh, if you sell the bond itself, there may be a capital gain to take into consideration there.
0: Well, yeah, and to me, municipal bonds seem like they could be a valuable addition to a lot of financial strategies. It depends on somebody's situation, and, and it's definitely worth a conversation with somebody like yourself, Mike, a financial services professional.
1: Yeah, I, I fully agree with you there, Tony. The, there's a, a fit in a, in a lot of portfolios for, you know, municipals. Uh, and uh, it, it's good to, to keep those, you know, uh, in, in consideration to know what's available and how they, they might fit. Now, I'm going to uh, move on here, and we're going to talk about, you know, savings bonds. And, and I'm guessing that, you know, some of our listeners, you know, may own savings bonds. And in this Kiplinger article, uh, they uh, have some information that, that might be of interest. so I want to point a couple things out here. When it comes to federal income taxes, you know interest on series EE and on Series I, U.S savings bonds are typically taxed as uh, ordinary income. and uh, you pay that in the year that those bonds mature or when you redeem them. And here's the key, whichever is earlier. And then we have uh, HH bonds uh, that uh, they talk about in the report, and with those we pay tax on the interest annually as we receive uh, payments. Um, According uh, to this Kiplinger article, interest on U.S. savings bonds is generally exempt from state and local income taxes. Mm, I know. That's good to know. uh, Yeah, I know. You know, years ago uh, it was kind of a a tradition or a thing uh, in lots of families. Uh, to uh, have, you know, $5 a week, $10 a week, $20 a week deducted from their pay. And it went straight into uh, savings bonds. And so it's not uncommon for uh, someone to, to let us know, uh, as we're looking at their portfolios, that they've got, you know, a, a drawer full or an envelope or two full uh, of savings bonds. We don't talk about those a lot. You know, the interest rates have been uh, pretty uh, nil on those for the last many years. But Again, if you find yourself uh, owning uh, these bonds, uh, it, we want you to know, you know how those uh, are, are taxed.
0: Yeah, this is good information. What else do our listeners need to know about savings bonds?
1: Well, Kiplinger goes on uh, to uh, explain uh, a point that I think uh, has been overlooked uh, uh, in large part for, for many years, and uh, and that's this: if you go back to school. If that's on your retirement bucket list, uh, you might want to consider that interest on the EE bonds or on the I savings bonds. If you use those to pay for the costs of higher education, those may be tax free oh, wow. as long, yeah, as long as you follow you know certain rules. There's always an, an attachment, um, but uh, the bonds must have been purchased after 1989. And they must have been uh, purchased by someone who was at least 24 years old. And they must also be redeemed to pay for college, graduate school, or vocational school. And here's the key, tuition or fees. And these would be for the bondholder, the bondholder's spouse, or a qualified dependent of the bondholder. Uh, expenses for room and board are not eligible. So again, it's the uh, tuition and the fees, but not the room and board. And additionally, uh, the bond must be in the taxpayer's name. That means that, you know, grandma and grandpa can't uh, use uh, their bonds uh, to pay uh, for their grandchildren's college tuition unless uh, that grandchild is listed as a dependent on the federal tax return. Now, there are some income exclusions or some income uh, limitations, so make sure you check out uh, these limits to, uh, for your eligibility. Uh, we uh, have to look at modified adjusted gross income to see uh, if you would be eligible to uh, perhaps uh, have this interest considered uh, tax-free for college graduate school or vocational tuitions and fees.
0: Well, I'm glad you've gone over this because as a uh, parent of three kids, two in college and one entering college next year, uh, that's really good to know and uh, about savings bonds and uh, possibly tax-free uh, usage for higher education. Now, during previous shows, you've talked about how a lot of retirees want to downsize. I mean, my wife and I are considering already, uh, just before retirement and whether to put some extra money in your pocket or because maybe you no longer need something as large after the kids move out. Um, how, how are home sales taxed? since we're talking about taxes?
1: really a good question, Tony. And I do find a lot of people, you know, making that very consideration. You know, I've got too much house to take care of the maintenance, those yep. issues. And also it's an opportunity to maybe put some money back in, in our pockets. So especially when we consider that for many retirees, you know, the home uh, can often be the largest and most valuable uh, asset that, that they own. And thankfully, tax laws uh, often give a healthy federal income tax break when we sell uh, our primary residence and, and fortunately uh, have a profit there. So uh, if if you've both owned and used the property as a again here, primary residence for at least two of the last five years before the sale, you may be able to exclude as much as $250,000 of the profit from uh, income. And that amount uh, jumps all the way up to five hundred thousand dollars for a married couple who files a joint uh, return. So uh, profits greater than uh, those uh, two fifty on single and five hundred on joint, um, you know, those uh, are taxed as long-term capital gains. Uh, and you also want to remember here that uh, uh, losses, unfortunately, those are not tax deductible. But you know, selling that home. Uh, sometimes is is a good way to bolster uh, the retirement income portfolio, especially uh, if uh, you just can't uh, take care of that large residence where you raised all the kids or you had a really big yard or just a variety of reasons. And uh, again, that's a transaction that you want to understand uh, what uh, tax implications might be uh, attached to that decision if you choose to make it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's That's good to know because, you know, my wife and I will probably eventually, at some point before we retire, downsize and uh, that you always wonder about the tax situation when you sell a house. Right. Uh, I think that's good to know. So what about the um, what about other potential taxes? Uh, Are there any others you want to cover?
1: Yeah, there there are several, and uh, I want to focus here just for a little bit, Tony, on uh, life insurance, Uh, life insurance proceeds. Uh, You know, in uh, today's world, uh, we're seeing a lot of people incorporating life insurance products into the retirement plan for a variety of reasons. Uh, Section 7702 of the Internal Revenue Code is where we find uh, the information on on life insurance uh, policies. Uh, and uh, again, uh, they can be used for a variety of purposes. Uh, Premiums that are paid into life insurance contracts uh, generally are not tax deductible, but uh, the proceeds that grow inside a life insurance product grow tax deferred. And then we have to consider, all right, at retirement, uh, we're going to take some money out, um, and uh, what are the tax implications there? So we want to look at two... Uh, aspects of a life insurance policy. The the first one uh, is if you happen to be the beneficiary of a life insurance policy when someone passes away. So if you're the beneficiary, uh, that check that you receive is typically not going to be a tax. That's one of the uh, advantages uh, with uh, life insurance. It's a great tool. It's a great financial tool to take what may be taxable funds and uh, move them into the life insurance contract so that when it goes to the heir maybe it's a uh, you know children or grandchildren that instead of it being taxed uh, on its way uh, from let's say it's a uh, money that's in an IRA or a 401k or something like that you know, the taxes have to be paid before it goes to the beneficiary but if you use life insurance as a conduit then the recipient, the beneficiary, is going to receive those funds without any taxation. So, uh, again, uh, you want to understand how uh, these tax rules apply under Section 7702 to to life insurance. So, again, if you are the beneficiary, uh, those funds should come to you totally tax-free. And if you have any questions at all uh, about your uh, life insurance policy, I would encourage you to meet with the uh, agent meet with your financial advisor and have uh, that uh, life insurance policy reviewed. Make sure it's uh, up to date. You know, certainly check the beneficiaries and make sure those are up to date. Yeah, our listeners should pick up the
0: phone and and give you a call, Mike, and you'd be happy to give them a second opinion on what they have as far as life insurance and if it's right for them. Some people are underinsured. Some people are overinsured. Some people have the completely wrong type of policy and are missing out. Um, you know, I know there's great, uh, you know, life insurance has come a long way. There's a lot of great cash value policies that can really help you, especially when it comes to income and retirement and, uh, the benefits as well.
1: Yeah, there are Tony. Um, you know, it's, it's like most things, uh, uh, things get revised, there are improvements, there are new versions, and one of the bigger advantages to life insurance these days is the uh, option that lets you use the death benefit while you're alive for things like uh, long-term care, uh, coverages for uh, activities of daily living. Uh, And so again, it's important to make sure that as you review your Uh, Mutual funds, or you uh, review your stocks or your bonds every year, that you're reviewing your life insurance to make sure that it's uh, doing all that it can for your uh, financial picture. So, we talked about the beneficiary. Let's talk about the policyholder who uh, maybe uh, has funded a life insurance policy over many years and now they're looking at taking funds out. Right. Uh, In general, if you make a distribution and the distribution is larger than the premiums that were paid you may have a taxable event there but within most life insurance policies there are provisions or mechanisms that would allow you to take that gain out and not have to pay tax on it so again it's not something you you may want to uh, enter into lightly that type of a decision without a conversation with uh, your uh, financial uh, advisor so uh you know, just a, a, a lot of uh, ins and outs. Uh, you know, it, it's something that you don't want to rush into and make the decision without fully comprehending what, what's happening. But again, uh, life insurance is a, a tremendous financial tool. It can help accomplish a lot of uh, things uh, within the dynamic plan. And uh, again, you have to uh, uh, differentiate between being a policyholder and a beneficiary and how those things might uh, pertain to you. And uh, let me get our uh, retirement uh, workshop dates uh, one more plug here as we uh, get ready to sign off today. But uh, we will be at the Huntingberg Event Center in Huntingberg, Indiana on Tuesday, April the 4th. That meeting starts at 630. Our hope there is that some of the folks that live in the the time zone to the south will have a little additional time to get there. The uh, presentation starts at 630, and then we'll have dinner by the schnitzelbach. And then uh, on Thursday night, we'll be at the Schnitzelbach. That's April the 6th. That meeting starts at 6 p.m. Now, you have to have a reservation. Uh, we limit the uh, number of seats so that there's a, a time uh, where people can ask their questions. Uh, we keep these to you know 26 to 30 people generally. And uh, we hope that you'll uh, choose to join us. Uh, we already have some uh, reservations uh, that have come in from Uh, information that we've already shared. So call me at 812-787-0809. You can also find information on our website, compassretirementadvisorsllc.com. Thank you for uh, being with us today. Hopefully uh, you uh, got a couple of notes that uh, can help you as you prepare for your retirement. If you have any questions at any time about your retirement income strategies, Uh, call me and uh, let my team take a look at what we might be able to do to answer your questions, address your concerns, and help you prepare for uh, the retirement that you worked so very hard for. Again, thanks for being with us. Uh, Tune in again next week, and we're going to have some fun, I think, looking at Rand Paul's uh, Festivus Wasteful Spending Report. Till then, have a great week, everyone.
0: All right, and that does it for today's episode of Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812 787 0809 or visit them online at Compass Retirement Advisors LLC.com investment advisory services provided by Creative One Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, The Insurance Shop, Inc., and Creative One Wealth LLC are unaffiliated entities. Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Provided content is for overview and informational purposes only and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individualized tax, legal fiduciary, or investment advice. Each individual situation will vary and opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Illustrations given are hypothetical examples and provided of ill. Illustrative purposes only. It does not represent real-life scenarios. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representation can be made to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. The information contained herein is based on our understanding of current tax law, tax and legislative information may be subject to change and different interpretations. We recommend that you seek professional legal advice for applicability to your personal information.